the green concentric circles of Cyprus. <laughs> I keep imagining like the Lord of the Rings theme or something playing when you when you say that. It sounds like the opening narration of a fantasy novel. I will speak to my editor, see what he can do. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm very well, sir. How are you? Yeah, I could complain, but I shan't. Oh, well, th- there's a sort of loaded answer full of <laughs> questions. <laughs> Everything's grand. Everything's grand. Just this normal reality we're not in. Uh, sometimes there's days where you go, hmm, hmm. <laughs> Bored of this now. Hmm. Apart from that, the weather's nicer, which is good. Well, that's great. That's a great start. Now, that's what, are you, what are you writing with it on, DJ? No mucky about uh, it. Off we go. <laughs> nothing strange or startling. I've learned that lockdown has made me very boring. And so I'm still writing with a Tennessee Red and I'm still writing in a Topps legal pad. Uh, sometimes in my notebook, although my notebooks have taken a battering and well, they've taken the opposite of a battering. They've they've been uh, relegated to the um, Indian brick mold in the, the corner and they've just sat there most of the time. I realized I'm not carrying my pocket notebook with me because I don't go anywhere but downstairs. It's not really that uh, enlightening. Yeah, so. Exactly. I was thinking we should do an EDC um, uh, episode. That'd be <laughs> quite <short>. edition. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Slippers uh, are in my EDC at the minute. <laughs> That's it. Um, okay, well, I, I have changed. There we go. Excitement at last. I'm, I'm now using a Pelican, uh, the M205 of 2019. So that's the Pelican Star Ruby. Uh, Pelican bring out a 205 each year with a specific color and a matching ink. Uh, this is 2019's and it's gorgeous. Love it. Mm. Uh, stainless steel nib. Um, it's quite a... By Pelican standards, quite a low-cost pen. Um, compare it to a Bic, and it's going to feel a bit more expensive than that, but um, <laughs> a lovely pen. Is and I'm good? writing in my, my podcast book, which, uh, yeah, is, you know, slowly getting filled with doodles and notes and thoughts. Uh, right, what are we doing now? Oh, watching. What are you watching, DJ? You must be watching something good. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost finished with The Office. I'm halfway through the final ninth season of The Office, the American edition. Um, and I'm approaching the end of it. And it's, it's a mixed bag. The, I kind of see some of where people were saying, well, the last season was very good. The, it started strong. Season 8 was very good. Season 9 started strong. It's kind of going like, blah, blah, blah. you know what? It, it kind of, it feels it's like 15 episodes too many. You're like, mm-hmm. hey, you could have ended strong. Now it, it's just sad. You know, I just wish it, it finished. But we're, we'll see it out. Maybe it gets better. Yeah, I mean, I think often when you're watching these things, you, you realise why the last season was the last season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've had two main characters leave now. Um, so Steve Carell kind of manned it up to season seven or something, and then Ed Helms took over the Helms. And um, he was he was in it, he's sort of the boss, the manager guy for like a season and a half. And then he got, he landed the, the hangover job, the movie, uh, in around it was like 2013 or whatever it was, whenever that movie came out, he landed The Hangover, and I'm pretty sure that's why he disappears for half of the final season because he's uh, filming movies and making more money. So he just inexplicably is on a yacht for half a season, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah he's not here." You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> I guess I'm not getting invested. <laughs> um, uh, watching that, watching Travelers, still, I'm really enjoying it. Season two of it. And then I watched a, a film a couple of days ago called Child's Play, the sort of remake of the 80s uh, favorite with Chucky the Doll, Ginger, mm. 
uh, demon child. Um, yeah, interesting take on a, an 80s film. There's been a lot of reboots recently of lots of films. And a lot of them are just, they, they just take the film, poorly cast it, poorly rewrite it, and then drop it into the 21st century or you know, 2019, whenever it is. This was a somewhat more enthusiastic rewrite where they went, okay, well, yeah, it's not a demonic possession of a doll. What if it was Siri in a doll? You're going, okay, that's a a more reasonable... Because I think in the original Child's Play, which is about an animated doll that kills people, I think it's the the soul of a prisoner or something gets bound into a doll. It's something dumb and weird. In this, they're like, oh, this thing is AI. It can control your lights. It can control your TV. You can tell it, you know, different things and it'll answer your thing and call you an Uber and all this stuff. And then it, of course, goes evil. And it's a much more reasonable request than the kind of like, it's just the supernatural uh, soul of a deity bound inside this doll. So an interesting remake. Uh, it's quite contemporary. Cool. Uh, what have I been watching? Oh, yeah, I'm me boring now. Uh, I'm still still in Homeland. Um, yep. I'm in the last season that we've got here in Cyprus. Um, which is season seven, I think. Uh, it's okay. It's uh, I think it's sort of firing. It's doing that whole Hollywood uh, getting political thing, uh, which yeah. seems to be all the rage. Um, okay, fine, splendid. Um, and uh, the current Mrs. Lennon is making noises about white lines, which is a, uh, I think, a sort of crime. I've heard thing. of this, but never seen it. I think it was advertised uh, on Netflix. Yeah, it's a Netflix thing, and uh, we watched the five minutes of the first episode, which is is Margaret's new test. So she then turns to me and goes, "So, would you like this?" I go, uh, "Okay, yeah, it seems seems right. Yeah, I'd probably watch it." All right then, uh, and then she decides that she's not going to watch it during the day. She's going to save it for the evening when uh, when we're together, mm. and then the evening when we're together, she goes, mm, "I'm a bit sleepy. Watch some Homeland." <laughs> i feel like that's a dangerous if you're only watching the first five minutes of a pilot that's a dangerous precedent to set for quality given that most pilots are crap and most first and second episodes are awkward and bad uh, yeah uh, mrs lennon is what you might call a tough audience um, <laughs> you, you've got about five minutes so she's the only person i've ever met who went oh peaky blinders mm, no nah, rubbish <laughs> okay uh and sort of play through every season on my own now people that she actually trusts are saying to her, oh peaky blinders was amazing and she goes did we ever watch peaky blinders mm-hmm. <laughs> <Okay>. i did <laughs> yeah you you'll learn this tj uh as as you and uh meg go on in time your recommendations will be seen with more and more uh, healthy skepticism <laughs> My whole family doesn't believe me. And I, I pulled the, I have literally been to film school. I know somewhat what I'm talking about in movies. And they went, no, no, your, your decision is garbage. We will never trust you again. All because I liked the Power Rangers movie. And that apparently was one step too far. Liking the Power Rangers movie. And I said, it has nostalgic merit, I think was my term. Uh, and that discredited me from ever giving movie advice to my extended family ever again. <laughs> Oh, well, splendid. That's a good good life lesson to have learned early, I think. <laughs> It'll save you a lot of heartache. Um, other than that, oh, that video, I sent you a link to it. Um, I've seen the first 15 minutes. 
Fantastic. That's all it is is 15 minutes. Oh, well, the, fir- well, the first quarter then. Okay. Whatever. I, I just guesstimated on time, but it's it's fantastic so far. That was the um, company that Enon Avital of Dapanotes used to work for. Yes, I did think that I yeah. sort of connected those dots. Yeah. Um, just, uh, I'm, I'm sure TJ will put the link in the show notes. It's a YouTube video. Uh, it's won awards. Watch it and you'll understand why. A little bit of Gershwin as well. It's nice. Ah, it's just fantastic. It's like that piece of music was written for that. or It's almost <laughs> like that video was filmed for that bit of music. Who knew? Um, uh, what about listening? You listening to anything good? Uh, plumbing the Death Star. That's pretty much the extent. Uh, How I'm much trying plumbing to get into the podcast. I mean, it, it there's, there's like 340 episodes or something. Mm. They're a bit more prestigious and prodigious than we are. Good Lord. Yeah, well, I can understand why you're still listening. Then. Um, <laughs> what am I listening to? Uh, my, my Apple playlist, they're getting better and better. The, the AI is doing its thing. Okay. Um, you're feeding the algorithm. Yeah. Although Cyprus uh, has sort of started its going back to work thing. And so what that has meant for us personally is that our water is being cut off daily uh, for reasons I don't know or understand. Um, Often we we get water shortages in the summer because uh, A, it's very hot, B, we don't get much rain in the winter, and C, the tourists are all using it. Now, it is very, very hot. Um, It has not stopped raining for two winters here in Cyprus to the extent that dams have burst and there have been (laughs) floods. And nobody can fly onto the island. So no five-star hotels are open. So the tourists aren't using the water. So what, I I don't know. It's beyond me. Uh, (laughs) We're also getting uh, daily power cuts. Oh, that's that's interesting. That's great fun. That's fantastic. Uh, What what, uh, everybody needs to try is get some really hot weather, a very grumpy Sicilian wife who is confined to her bed, then turn the electric off so that there's no aircon, no fans, and no entertainment. Stand back and watch. Honestly, that's a <laughs> lot of fun. Fireworks. Ooh, oh dear, oh dear. Frustration boils over. Um, so because of that, um, a lot of the time, uh, my, my home pod has been uh, just misbehaving. So uh, in the morning, I will say, hey, Dingus, play the news. One second. It's trying. Hmm. This is taking quite a long time. <laughs> hmm. It's not working at the moment. One second. <laughs> then I fire expletives at it in multiple languages. And it goes, ah, here's the news from the BBC. Or uh-huh. you can ask me to play the news from blah, 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 by which stage I've left the room and I'm doing something else. But uh, I'm, I'm putting that down to separate internet. I, th- I think that the Apple <laughs> algorithms are working better for me now. Uh, so well, the that's, that's something. Cool. Yeah. And I've, I've been listening to some 80s music. So um, bands that were probably disbanded before you were born. Um, uh, <laughs> Ultravox, I'm sure you've heard of them. Have you heard of mm-hmm. them? Okay, Midgeor. Um, uh, Tears for Fears, who I think are still around. Um, Depeche Mode, all sorts of things. I've just been shouting at, uh, at the little box and asking you to play music. <laughs> play me music from my childhood. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I've, I've tried that. That hasn't gone terribly well. Uh, so I, I, I try and give her a band name to send her in the right direction, at least. We had all of our lights stop responding because we have the we have smart lights linked up to the, the Google Home thing. And so the ones in the living room and the ones in the bedroom are hooked up just so that it makes it easy to turn off lots of lights at once. Um, so I was going up to bed last night. I was like, hey, doofus, turn off the living room lights. Beat. Oh, sorry. This isn't responding. I'm like, ah, oh, I'm going to have Meg, where are the plugs? How do I, <laughs> I have to go and like press something like a peasant to turn this light off? <laughs> and everything's so hidden because I don't need to touch the light switches. They're all obfuscated uh, for sort of the aesthetic quality. It's just like me hanging over the, the TV to get to the, the light behind the television and down the back of the sofa to press the switch on for this and round the back of the bookcase to get the four lights that have hooked up that extent. It's a nightmare. Uh, and then inexplicably started working again. So it was a day of like, it's totally broken. I thought I was going to go have to go in and do a lot of like software resets and chase things. And then Meg was like, I'm just going to try it again. And it just worked. Like, <laughs> oh, I mean, well, at least it, it was. <laughs> the more people reason. I listen to on, on smart home stuff, the, the more you, you realize it's all rubbish. So <laughs> Uh, you get yep. podcasts that will talk extensively about these things and how wonderful they are and they're fantastic and then if you listen to them long enough you'll there'll be one episode where they sort of inadvertently reveal that it's a living hell and their family hate them because i wouldn't I mean, say it's a living hell i'd say it's well, a frustration consistently the, the first thing is that of course those people in the family who are not techie which is what the rest of us would call normal people <laughs> they they instinctively reach for the light switch, which of course is completely forbidden. Yeah, you don't want to touch that; you'll wreck yeah, it. If somebody touches a light a light switch, then they get <laughs> shot in your house. I'd imagine. Um, so you've got all of that sort of resistance to get over, and just about when you get to the stage where people understand that the lights are all controlled now by the electronic devices and voices and stuff like that, it all stops working. And you have to use the switches anyway. The switches are fine, but only when the main device is down. I've I've drawn a pie chart. This is when you should touch the switches. And yeah, the person who's trying to get a glass of water without stubbing his or her toe on 14 bits of furniture (laughs) quite reasonably is saying, can you just make the effing lights work? Uh, I just have visions of uh, the aforementioned Sicilian fireworks. Should I turn around and say, no, no, no. Remember, speak to your phone. Your phone will turn off the lights. <laughs> and we have one of the opposite problems, which is that Margaret um, is into her home security. So she thought it'd be a great idea to have the lights on timers, but she doesn't really like the electronics. So we've got those plugs with little timers on them. That's the first thing. Your house sounds like it should be in an episode of 24. <laughs> there's multiple timers all over this property yeah, everywhere you go it's like, is that going to go bang after a, an agreed amount of ticks um, and then the aforementioned power cuts come and the whole thing is thrown oh, into complete no. collapse and so like you I am now lying on my back under a table trying to unplug a timer switch that for reasons I don't quite understand needs to be the size of a paperback <laughs> and it's minute, now four hours forward instead of three yeah, hours the, back the minute you put it into a, a plug adapter it 
it wipes out three of the other socket. Oh, anyway, <laughs> uh, automation. I, uh, it's one of those things that I think is only of any use if it's 100% reliable. And I think it's a yeah. long way from 100%. I would say uh, best estimate 30%, 30% of the time. <laughs> yeah. Do the math oh. on that one. Uh, it's one of the few rabbit holes in my life that I have thus far managed to skirt. I've been very tempted several times. I'll never go down that route again, unless unless I move into a house that owns itself and I am merely a guest. I will not buy any more um, smart tech for my home. I'm done. The only thing that's tempted me is the smart blinds, um, but even then, I'm like, it's. I haven't even ponied up the money to buy dumb blinds. For some of these rooms, I'm not going to buy smart blinds on top they of that. So extraordinarily expensive blind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's for that's for another day. Um, <laughs> what what about reading? What have you been reading? I'm still reading that How to Code book. Um, just just pottering through it. Nonfiction is a little harder to jump into than, than fiction stuff. Um, mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. I'm reading a lot of the news, and okay. it's less of the sort of panicked, paranoid, what's on fire today news reading it's more just okay what's now now that we're in in this weird scenario where northern ireland is is now since the last episode in a different position than anywhere else in the uk uh, which is what i predicted would be what what are you doing now that's different uh so we're allowed to meet up outside with groups of up to six people from different homes (gasps) you 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 brave brave people you yeah which is Northern Ireland went from one of the most conservative approaches to the most sort of accessible and open option and available to anyone within the UK. Uh, every devolved government has not followed this yet. Now, I don't think it's necessarily a bad idea, but it is different. And so now I have to check BBC News under the Northern Ireland subsection to make sure that I'm following whatever's happening. Because if I just look at the news, Sky News will tell me one thing. BBC News will tell me another. CNN will tell me a third thing. All of them are about places I don't live in. And they're going, well, the law in the UK is this. I'm like, right, but the law in my bit of the UK isn't. So I now this need is, to check a subside of a subside. Yeah. This is the thing that, that needs to be explained to American viewers, is that American viewers, American listeners, is that the way the news works in the UK on, on the main sort of cable channels, if you like, the, the terrestrial channels, that you get the news bulletin of the day for they call it national it's no 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 longer national but anyway um so the bbc and you'll get 30 minutes at uh, six o'clock i think it is uh telling you what's happening in the world and it's you know 99 percent of it's about coronavirus right now and then you get the regional news program which in england will be split into little regions like the southwest and the southeast and the south and the north and in Scotland, you'll have Scotland, and in Wales, you'll have Wales, and presumably in Northern Ireland, you have Northern Ireland. Yeah. So it's still the BBC. So now it's the BBC News for Northern Ireland, after the BBC News for the United Kingdom. So effectively, what that means is that if you watch the first half hour of the news, you will pretty much be told what England's doing. And they'll occasionally go, oh, yeah, but it's a bit different in Scotland. They remember that there are other parts of the United Kingdom. And if you then think okay i'm gonna go and have my supper you will miss the news relevant to where you live (laughs) which will often or certainly right now be an entirely different set of instructions yep (laughs) and then 
You get politicians the next day come on TV saying, look, it's really simple. Why can't you lot get it? Now, if I can work out (laughs) the messages are mixed and I don't even live in the bleeding country, surely these politicians Mm. must realise that by allowing the devolved governments or agreeing the devolved governments of all countries, and I blame all of them, to do do their own thing, they are just confusing everyone. Well, no, no, no. It's clear. Stay alert. (laughs) That's all encompassing. Stay alert. If you're not staying alert, you're doing it wrong. (laughs) Yes, well, I'm alert going to the pub. (laughs) <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, within the stay alert, one of the sub bulletins of stay alert is the pubs are still not open yet. That was point two four nine a under stay alert is pubs are still closed. But as I understand it, if in England I went to the garden of my mum and we stood around there having a chat in the garden, I would be in trouble. Yes. If I met her in the park then I'd be okay. And if I was in Northern Ireland, I could bring four of my mates to a garden. What, to a house even? Uh, not inside, but outside, yes. There you go, you see? Perfectly clear. And they're, they're going to re- hopefully relax rules uh, today or tomorrow about meeting inside houses as well. I think that's the next step in, in step. This is the, they've, they've released, we're now in step one of the, the easing thing. And mm-hmm. it, as part of step one, we're not doing all the things that we said in step one. We're going to do parts of step one. We're going to do steps of step one. So this is step 1A of step one. Ah, uh, you're on sub-step oh one. My one point God. One. It's so, like, I'm reading it. I'm, I'm trying to stay up to date. And it's not clear. And, and I don't think this is anyone's deliberate, you know, no one's trying to obfuscate this. It's just complicated and it's hard to talk about. But no one's cracked it. No one's gone, tell you what, do this, don't do that. That's it. We're not going to complicate it. We'll let you know when it changes. It'll probably change on this day. I, I mean, I think you're being charitable. I honestly think you're being charitable because stage one, when lockdown was implemented, was largely very successful in the UK. Now, I appreciate that the, you know, there's been lots of numbers that are not encouraging. But in terms of compliance, it was pretty good. And the much maligned um, spin doctors in... in uh, 10 Down Street, Dominic Cummings. I'm, I'm sure he's not a very nice chap. But I'm, I believe he was behind that message, which even though I don't live there, I know what it was. It was stay home, protect the NHS, save lives. And everybody in the country, by which I mean the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, knew exactly what the deal was. And sure, the, there's always outliers who believe that they know better and they want to do their own thing. Okay fine they're going to do that but everybody at least knew what they were doing now by making this a devolved thing which i'm sure was made a devolved thing when nobody thought it would ever come up they've just just created this absolute chaos because our media is not set up for it much of our country don't think that way there are people in Scotland, who feel very much part of the United Kingdom, and there are people who feel mm-hmm. very much Scottish first. The same in Wales, although not Scottish, but Welsh. Same in Northern Ireland. So you've got this whole cultural difference. And in all of those countries, the first news bulletin that is beamed into their houses is the one coming from Westminster with a predominantly English message, which is now different yeah. from the, the message for those Celtic countries. 
it's a nonsense. And it does not take a rocket science. Hell, it doesn't take a high school student to work out that it's a nonsense. And they just need to get a grip of it. It's interesting. I don't know how, but they certainly do. It's when, it's when people will go, hmm, well, in England they're allowed to do this. And I believe very strongly to be, I, I'm much more aligned with England. So I, I think I should be able to do this. And then it changes exactly. and Northern Ireland has more flexibility. Well, I actually live in Northern Ireland. So it really, it's my right as a citizen of here, as a devolved government. We have a devolved government for a reason. You know, I'm allowed to do this. I don't live in England. It's this weird <laughs> uh, pick and mix buffet system where you're like, well, I want those rules now. And I want those rules tomorrow when they're different. And then there's people, you know, in the border areas who, you know, working in one country with one set of rules and then, then going home to live in another. Yeah. With different rules. So, oh, hang on, mum. Cross the border. We can go up there and meet. And then we can go. I mean, it's just nonsense. <sighs> but anyway. And that was all, all from you just saying you were reading the news. Um, I have <laughs> read, um, I finished In Extremis, which is the one about Marie Colvin, the mm-hmm. uh, war correspondent uh, by Lindsay Hilson. Very, very good book. Really good. Uh, very powerful. Um, it's, it's moved me a bit, I think. Made, made me think. And I, I do like it when a book does that. Um, I'm still reading my Medieval of History of Cyprus, which is, um, well, it's medieval. Uh, relatively slow moving. And uh, once again, I marvel at the, the, the wonderful skills that, that England has always had for colonising and conquering. <laughs> Um, Richard the Lionheart the, 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 I, I mentioned in the last episode how I was fascinated to understand how Cyprus was ruled by uh, a French family called Lusignan um, and it's simple they bought Cyprus from Richard the Lionheart he sold it to them but they weren't the first to buy it <laughs> before that Richard the Lionheart, same fella had sold it to the Knights Templar. <laughs> Is this one of those ones where you sell the same thing nine times to nine different people Wait, and then let them fight it out? Hey, listen, there's a lot of chapters to go, but right now it's only the twice. He sold it to the Templars <laughs> and they went, oh, look, oh, this is a bit of a bind. Supply lines are tough, logistic. I mean, really, honestly, uh, you can have it back. And so he got it back and then sold it again. Fantastic. Look at that. I mean, how English can you get? Anyway, <laughs> Entrepreneurial um, spirit. <laughs> yeah, that's one way of looking at it, I suppose. I'm, I'm sure most of the ex-colonials won't see it that way, old boy. <clears throat> no. Um, and what else? What is, oh, drinking. Yes. What are you drinking, TJ? Uh, coffee, mostly. Nothing stranger startling. Uh, well, I have to say that I'm sitting here, um, and this is not a nice mental image, but with sweat pouring off me. So I am about to go and drink another can of Royal Club Soda. Um, it's very, 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 very hot. Um, if you had yeah. to put a, an, a sort of a, not an imperial, metric number on that heat, what would it be? Uh, well, in uh, centigrade yesterday, it hit 46. That's too... That, mm. I have uh, genuinely. I was I was baking yesterday, and I used the the sort of the probe thermometer I have to check something. And when I checked the hot water, 
when I was cleaning it, it was 40. So the hot water coming out of my tap is colder than your air right now. Yeah, the um, May is not uh, traditionally a very hot time of the year. I mean, it's, it's usually very nice. We, we would expect sort of 25, 25 to 27, 28. Uh, but we're having this, this hot spell and it's uh, the, the Italians call it Scirocco, which is the wind that comes up from Africa. Uh, so it's, it's a wind from the south and it's literally like being uh, out with a hairdryer in front of you all the time. Just, just 46 this. did you say yeah that's 114.8 fahrenheit i don't know what that means but i know over 100 is bad news yeah it's hot i mean it really really is hot um and i mean at night we are going down the minimum temperature last night was 28 <laughs> <laughs> yeah higher than the highest temperature northern ireland's ever experienced <laughs> well yeah, that was you know that was at like for 10 minutes before dawn um oh my god um i'm i'm regularly going to bed in 30 plus and it's it's just just too hot and it's it's come very suddenly normally we get this this nice little sort of ramp up through may and june where it starts getting warmer and warmer and warmer to the point it goes oh it's hot and then when in july and august and it really gets steamy you're kind of broken into it (laughs) yeah they're not they're not boiling the frog the frog is being deep fat fried yeah, well, we we went from twenty odd degrees to forty plus, um, pretty much in two days. And oh, on Friday, um, I'm 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 told to expect twenty degrees as a top temperature. So by Saturday, be, you'll be going. Oh, it's freezing. Yeah, it's well, it'll be here. a drop of twenty odd degrees. I'm sure I'll be going. Yeah. Uh, Stick so, the yeah, heating on. <laughs> quite. So because of that, I've been drinking a lot of water. Uh, and not much else. It was a very long way of saying it. What about buying, TJ? What have you been buying? Uh, really not that much. I was trying to think about what I did buy. And it, it's really nothing. Food. We bought groceries. That's kind of it. My bank balance is looking happy. Um, because I'm just not spending. There's no gauntlet because I'm not going anywhere. Um, I, I dare say the, the grocery incidentals of like, oh, we'll get some crisps or maybe we'll have this or maybe we'll do a more extravagant dinner. Sure. That's gone up because we can and because it's it's a form of entertainment whenever you can't go anywhere or do anything. Um, but everything else is is nothing. You know, we're not, there's no petrol really. I think we Meg filled up the car once in six weeks, which is, you know, she'd normally have to do it once a week mm. driving to work. So that's, she's not paying for parking. Um, I'm still paying for my train ticket because it's a yearly one, but I, I'm pretty sure I get a rebate on it because the trains are barely running. So neither of us is really paying an awful lot to to work from home because it's significantly cheaper. Sure. Um, which in itself it it want, it makes me want to facilitate a lot more buying. So I haven't bought very much, but I've thought about buying an awful lot. You know, you look at things, you're like, wow, you know, we could do this, we could get that, we could. I was looking at tillers the other day. Roto tillers from from Screwfix. <laughs> okay. Um, do you know what it is? Uh, yeah, we have a different name for them here. Uh, rotivators. Yeah, same same difference. I think yeah. uh, maybe there is a difference. I don't know. Either way, it basically is. Uh, it's it's a blender uh, on a stick that you stick into the dirt and turn the dirt into smaller dirt. Um, we need one to turn the the clay parking lot that we have outside into some form of garden. 
Um, so I was going to rent one. Uh, it turns out it's cheaper to buy. It, it, it's cheaper to buy three really cheap ones than mm. it is to rent one non-cheap one for a week. Yeah, but I mean, from my experience, I mean, the ones that that um, uh, that I've used are like they're like little baby plows. Um, oh, they're, okay. They're like a pushchair yeah. that goes in front of you. Um, because I think the um, clay soil uh, doesn't take an awful lot of clay to create an awful lot of torque, which, yeah. <laughs> if you know what I mean, yeah, if you've got a little handheld sort of blender uh, attachment, I think you might find that you'll go through those quite quickly. Wow. We'll see. I, I've got three. If I go through two, I'll reassess the situation. But it's three before it's, this, it's four actually before it's the same price as a rental. Okay. Uh, so I'd rather take the, I think it's 50 quid or something for it. So it's, it's cheaper just to rent the thing. I, uh-huh. I think maybe my future father-in-law might have one. So we need to ask him first, but it's one of those things where I'm like, right, I can get that. And then we'll sort that out. It means we don't have to worry about that nonsense. Get the, the stone. There's still stones. Once the stones are gone, I can till up the garden and then I can think about grass maybe, but getting ahead of myself. Mm. Well, um, I, I echo your point about the groceries. Um, we have um, a, a joint account that we use to, for sort of household stuff, and there's text alerts on it. So that's how Margaret keeps keeps her eye on my expenditures. <laughs> and so uh, the grocery bill has gone, you know, much much higher uh, since lockdown because normally we would eat out, I don't know, maybe two or three days a week and two or three nights a week. Yeah, uh, eat, eating out in Cyprus is, is very low cost. Well, it can be very low. It doesn't have to be, but um, it can be. Uh, and, you know, we go to our local, uh, our local little taverna and maybe do a pub quiz or whatever. And it's, you know, Margaret will be, oh, what did you get at the shops? Well, we're just, just food for the next week. No, the subtext to that in my mind is seven breakfasts for two, seven lunches for two, seven dinners for two, multitude of snacks for when you're feeling a bit peckish. But what I said was, uh, you know, just food for the next week. And it's amazing how we'll bulk at spending another 25, 30 quid on the weekly shop. And then you look at how much you spend on eating out. Yep. You think, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, profit ah, margins. That's yeah. why they work. <laughs> hmm. I have a feeling we could have steak every night and still be better off. <laughs> yep. Um, I we do exactly the same. Is a lesson, isn't it? It's just, yeah, you, you know, 10 pounds on the shopping raises the eyebrow. Dropping 20 quid in a coffee shop, you don't think about it. It's nothing. Bizarre. Yeah, we, our, yeah we, our grocery bill has probably gone up 30 to 40%. Yeah. Uh, monthly um and that's fine and we were both like oh that's oh no what about what's have, have groceries gone up in price and then we looked at it and we're like oh right normally we would come home and go you know what i fancy a few bits let's let's go to tesco and get a few bits and pieces on a friday night do you want sure. do you want some more ciders we'll go and get that and so all those incidental shops which you maybe be in the you know we do a grocery shop once a week and then maybe two three incidental like i'll oh, just pop in and get this mm-hmm. that was all piled on but not considered Plus, any time we went out to eat, any time we went out for coffee and anything like that was sometimes being diluted out to other, you know, current accounts rather than the, the groceries. And so whenever we actually put all the stuff that we would be eating, because we're doing one shop a week, unless we're desperate for something or we're sure. out of milk or something. Um, so it's one shop a week. So everything goes into it. And you're going, 
oh, that's a big, like we, a couple of times I've gone, Meg, that's a big shop. That's a big number on the grocery shop. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all the food we're going to eat for the next seven to nine days. Like, oh yeah, right. Yeah, that makes sense. Actually, when I think about what we normally do. Yeah, yeah fair enough. It's easy to do. For sure. Uh, so yeah, I've been buying lots and lots of groceries um, and then having to defend my purchases <laughs> to the current <laughs> Um, <laughs> your viva <laughs> your exactly. everybody, everybody stand back stand back um, <laughs> and the other one I'll be like oh yeah after our last discussion um, I'm delighted to say I took action and I have now got petunias busy lizzie uh, uh-huh. herbs all sorts of things planted along my balcony very uh, nice I saw some photos yeah well uh, they're all still alive uh, and it's my first real try at gardening in this climate. And I, have I was going to say, you live in a greenhouse, it'll be fine. It's quite scary, though. <laughs> so if you look at my herbs, um, if you go up and see my sage now, it looks very, very sad. I mean, it is wilted. <laughs> if you saw it like that in Northern Ireland, you'd be like, oh, well, that's dead. And then tonight I'll water. You can't water during the day, obviously, because you would just boil the things alive. <laughs> yeah, you'd make tea. Yeah. So, so, so uh, tonight I will water them all very gingerly and just you know make sure I don't get any water on them because the water's still quite warm. And before I go to bed, I go and have another look, and all the plants and everything are standing up. And they're happy and chirpy and <laughs> uh, uh, just ready for the assault of the sun on the next day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there we go. I've I've started a little gardening. I've got a lot more soil, um, and I've got two big beds that I'm now. I'm now thinking about what to grow in them, whether I want to grow some some uh, salad or some little trees or maybe just flowers. I'm not sure. Maybe some more flowers. I might go for some more smelly things that annoy mosquitoes. Onions? Uh, well, uh, it's funny. I think the, onions the, annoy flies and stuff. That herb bed that I, that I was, um, that's been dead for, you know, several years that I was digging up to put the herbs in, uh, I pulled out about a kilo and a half of garlic. <laughs> <laughs> stored carefully underground um and that that garlic has grown from um me uh launching bits of garlic that i'm using cooking on the barbecue in front of this bed just throwing onto the bed <laughs> which is i told you this place is is fertile um so yeah maybe some some lavender and some jasmine and stuff like that no oh, very that's, good that's Sounds my nice. plan um right parish notices then uh, what's been going on in the world of Cosgrove? Oh, I say you all. I'm exhausted. Meg and I have been doing the Joe Wicks PE exercise stuff this week. Um, being in lockdown, feeling a little bit there's a hand in hand synergy here with extended and overinflated grocery bills, and me now doing exercise in the mornings. <laughs> I'll let you put together what that is. I I can see the link. <laughs> So we were like, right, well, we, we can get up and do something. And we've both been getting up super early. Uh, and so Joe Wicks, uh, sort of health, sports, nutrition person, um, does a lot of really good work for the NHS, things like that. He's been doing live streamed PE lessons for kids and adults uh, every weekday. I think at like nine or 10 in the morning or something like that. We've been watching the them back. So just they're, they're all recorded already. So we're watching mm-hmm. from the beginning. Uh, but you basically, it's 20 minutes um, of sort of high intensity workout. Lots of different stuff, lots of different things. It's all different. He's very engaging. Uh, it's really, really hard uh, because we're not fit. Meg's far fitter than I am. Meg does a lot of stuff. She does horse riding and things. So 
I am not that fit. It's been a while since I've done, gone to the gym and done anything. So it's it's kind of whipping my ass a bit, but in a good way. Like I feel wrecked. My legs are sore. My sort of core is very stiff and painful. But you go to bed and get a good sleep because you're knackered. And mm-hmm. you get up in the morning and go, yep, yeah, okay, let's do it again. Um, so we've been doing that all this week. And we're going to continue doing that, I think, uh, for as long as we can. Because I feel less guilty about eating nice food. If I'm actually getting up in the morning and exercising and then going for a long walk in the evening, it kind of balances out. Sure. And I, mean, I think Joe Wicks is one of those people who was he was doing really well before the lockdown. Um, and he's going to come yeah. out of the lockdown a sort of mega superstar. Um, yeah, he's, he, there's millions following this, isn't there? Millions. Yeah, he did a whole bunch of stuff. Like I know he did a lot of uh, virtual training anyway, and he, he's been mm. in primary schools teaching people this. That was yeah. kind of one of the things he was doing, and he does cookbooks and all that jazz. But I think it was the first day of the schools being off. I think he, he launched this and he said, I'm going to be here every weekday for as long as the schools are off doing a workout. And the man broke his wrist, I think, before this started in a bike accident. Oh, wow. So he has a broken wrist and he's doing all of this with a broken wrist. So every now and again, he'll get down to do a burpee or something. And he'll be like, I can't really do this because I've got the broken wrist. But then he'll just do it one handed. He's like, oh, actually, I can do it. It's fine. You're like, I can't do it with two hands. This Matt, this superhuman god is doing it with one hand. Um, but yeah, all the money he's earned from that, I think he's donated to the NHS charities. Um, okay. He caught something like, we're only on episode three or four of, of the, the stream. So it's been going for a month or two now. Um, but I know he's raised hundreds of thousands. They've oh, done man. such good work. Um, and just something really positive. You know, people need something, uh, some sort of anchor. And I think especially for, for young kids who want that kind of structure that school would give them, uh, having a PE lesson, he's super engaging and super enthusiastic. It's really good. Like I'm standing there as a 28-year-old flabby man going, this is pretty good. You know, an eight-year-old's going to love it. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, fair play to him. Good work. Just just an update on, on our friend Captain Tom. I don't know if you've kept up with the Captain Tom story. <laughs> yeah, the the Sir Captain Tom. I know. You're way ahead of yourself there, young man. Captain <laughs> Tom is, is now Colonel Tom. Uh, he's yep. been made an honorary colonel of his regiment. Uh, I think he's raised, is it 40 million now? That's insane. I mean, I, I totally agree with all of it, but that's... It's just bonkers. Um, it's and mental as, he, as you point out, he has now been knighted. So he is <laughs> Sir Tom. He's uh, collecting more titles than, than uh, pound coins at this oh, point. He's, gonna... <laughs> he's, he's, got, um, he's got an England cricket cap because he was uh, a, a big cricket fan. And so they awarded him a cap, which, you know, it means that you've, you, you've played for England, in effect, um, with, with great ceremony. Uh, he's been knighted. Uh, I, and just go back to it. This was a guy who wanted to do his bit because he was being looked after by the NHS and thought they were lovely people. And he said, Look, what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk up my garden a hundred times before my hundredth birthday. And his family went, oh, that's good. Let's put up a little just giving page and see if we can raise a thousand pounds. <laughs> fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Um, what have I been doing? So my parish notes, is, uh, as previously uh, advised, it's been a bit warm, um, mm-hmm. which has led to uh, quite a lot of more swimming, which I suppose is good. Um, and uh, yeah, today, uh, this morning, in fact, I recorded a podcast with Enon, 
uh, Ooh, in on Avital of Dapper Notes fame. Uh, now, I think he will be releasing that uh, either later this week or, or early next. So maybe the same time as this one goes out. Um, whenever it goes out, go and check out the Dapper Notes podcast. Uh, it's an excellent podcast, apart from the one that I'm in. Um, <laughs> and the website and the books oh, and the literally website. anything else. Um, well, I, this one's worth listening to, not for my contributions, but just, just to hear uh, Enon's story. As while, you know, I've been talking very much in the, in the abstract about uh, coronavirus, um, Enon had it. Um, oh, as did his wife. Uh, and the two of them had it concurrently, so they were in bed um, being looked after um, at home. Now, they're both absolutely fine, and Enon is uh, he's such a humble, nice guy. He makes very light of it. Um, but certainly, to me, brought home the reality of this whole thing. That, that yeah. to you and I has been, you know, clearly scary and clearly, uh, in many ways, annoying. He said in a very flippant way, um, but that really brought the reality of the whole thing to me. Um, but they're they're both through it. They're both fine. Uh, and we had a chat about uh, getting getting the the Dapper Notes uh, relaunched, if you like. So go and have a listen, uh, and yeah, go subscribe. Um, It'd be weird us. to listen to you in a podcast that isn't ours i'm looking forward to it well check it out and of course don't forget you've got to go and listen to the uh, shelf life sitcom mm-hmm. um, that's true where, that's true where again, but at, uh, at least in there you're a character rather than you i feel sure. like this is where we'll find out if you're actually funny or if i've been carrying this for two years <laughs> i think you're probably right i mean uh, we we're just talking nonsense about uh uh notebooks so it was pretty much Right up my alley, all the way, you know, it's playing to my speciality. Business as usual, yeah. Um, and yeah, that's that's kind of it. Um, Margaret, a little update on her. She's uh, still still largely horizontal. Um, the pain appears to be moving, which I think is a good thing. Uh, I think that's the nerve slowly sort of getting a handle on itself. And I, I say that something on at least. The- basis of my extensive uh, medical training and knowledge uh, which is entirely <laughs> non-existent uh, but yeah fingers crossed we will continue to see things improving mm. right well 46 minutes what, what should we talk about today tj i thought this would dovetail quite nicely with what we've been talking about groceries uh, uh-huh. we talked about gardening we talked about all kinds of stuff and we've touched on this every every week we kind of touch on this a little bit but cooking you know, con- consuming food, making food yourself. It's something that we're all doing a lot more of. Um, like we, we would cook an awful lot for ourselves anyway, uh, but with no option but to cook for yourself or starve, uh, we've cooked for ourselves an awful lot more recently. So it's, it's something I think would be good to compare notes. Cool. Um, yeah, I, it's, it has, for me, certainly been an eye-opener because the majority of the cooking in, in our house is done by Margaret. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, well, there's a limited amount of cooking you can do from lying in bed. Um, <laughs> it's a different kind of, uh, of working environment. Yeah. So, um, I've had to sort of dust off my, my chef's hat and, uh, remember, I mean, I, I can cook. I've always cooked. Uh, my, my mum taught me to cook as a boy, so I, I don't feel uncomfortable with cooking, but I hadn't done a lot of it for a while. Um, yeah. and 
yeah it's been it's been challenging because um margaret is or was a type 2 diabetic mm-hmm. uh, and she defeated that disease um by going on quite a rigid sort of no stroke low carb diet um so you know if your speciality is is shepherd's pie that that can be a problem no okay my speciality isn't <laughs> shepherd's pie um it does make me think uh margaret's italian uh, i love italian food and we, both of us like nothing better than a bowl of pasta uh you'll notice the word pasta and low carb not a mm. great mix so uh that's been that's been the challenge for us uh and then uh cooking became to mean something different uh as in just go and stand on the balcony for 10 minutes and cook yourself so <laughs> yeah put the eggs in. in the concrete outside and then come fetch them in two three minutes yeah i've got to say the last couple of days it's been uh so do you want some lunch no not really okay <laughs> how about supper mm, mm, yeah maybe an apple. water please yeah it's it's been a bit like that um but I'm, I'm looking at your list. You've come up with uh, uh, the first the first thing on your list. Uh, great. Your second thing on your list scares me a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, tell me about your banana bread. I baked banana bread yesterday, actually. Meg <gasps> wanted cake and I made, I was going to go, I went for a walk yesterday with the new rules being uh, sort of on exercising and you can meet people outside. I met a friend of mine, a guy who's going to be my best man eventually whenever we ever get married. Um, and we went for a walk, socially distanced, two meters apart, but went for a nice walk. It's good to catch up. Um, and on that walk, I was going to get Meg and cake. She was like, I, I really want cake. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I can probably, probably rustle that up. And then he got delayed. And so I thought, well, actually, I got some bits and pieces. So I made a banana bread. And I've made banana bread many times. This is the, sort of the seventh or eighth time I've made it in the last couple of months. Uh, it's relatively straightforward. It's kind of... It's one of those basic things that everybody started making it during lockdown, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, it's using banana primarily as the sweetener. You add sugar as well, but it's kind of the primary sweetener of the, the cake. Uh, it's, more of a, it's more of a bread kind of cake. It's like a Madeira cake kind of consistency. And yeah, I've made it a bunch of times. It's really straightforward. It's not quite foolproof, but close to it. Um, and it tastes great. We normally have one slice each, warm it up in the microwave slightly. Spot on. If you really, really want to go decadent, you can have a bit of custard with it as well. But it's nice to do a bit of baking. I am not, which I don't know, this is kind of probably hard to believe, but I'm not very precise when I'm cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, and baking is one of those things that demands a certain amount of precision most of the time. Mm-hmm. Like weights matter, times matter, temperatures matter. Whereas I'm a little bit more freestyle. I'm like, I have a protein and I have a vegetable. And I have a cupboard of spices and I can amalgamate those into something that is, you know, somewhat conceptually known as food and it will taste good and it will be nice. And, you know, but I wouldn't, you know, measure this out and, and exactly do that. It's, it's a bit more freestyle. Baking doesn't really let you do that. So I freestyled the banana bread once or twice and came out with banana brick, um, which is not <laughs> necessarily the same uh, flavor or texture profile. Um, so this time I, this is the first time I read the instructions properly. I went, right, okay. When it says fold, don't just blast it in the mixer for five <laughs> seconds until it's completely. And so I was like, I gently folded it. And I was like, this is nonsense. This is never going to work. This is just stupid wording. And I fold it and it's so much better because there's so much more air in it. And yeah. And I was like, okay, you know, fair enough universe. I hold my hands up. I was dumb. So banana bread, 
something I've baked for a while, just a bit of fun, something nice, a little bit tasty, um, and not horrendously terrible for you because you kind of know what's in it and you know, you know you can have a small slice or a big slice. But that's one of the things I've been baking. I've baked cookies and bread and things like that before. I have not gone beyond that. I don't do anything fancy. I think scones is the fanciest I've done, and that's where you have to like get the cold butter and, and break it up with the flour to make like the powdery. St- yeah, that's about mm-hmm. as complicated as it gets on the baking front. Okay, that sounds very nice. I'm I'm salivating at the very thought of it. Um, your next one is the one that did confuse me. <laughs> this this Royal Club soda is strong stuff. Um, confuse me, spicery spice pack. So I think it's called the Spicery. Let me let me double check, triple check. Um, this is a subscription. It is. It's called the Spicery. This is a subscription oh. we got for Christmas. Yeah. We got it for Christmas from uh, Megan's folks. It's a really, really cool thing. So basically every month you get a little box full of spices and a recipe card uh, telling you what ingredients to buy and how to make interesting food from all over the world. Um, and it's... It's brilliant. It's really, really cool. We made like cool pot stickers and dumplings and uh, weird and wonderful like I can't even remember all the stuff. We've had food from uh, South America, India, um, Eastern European one, all these different kinds of food, Pakistan, places you wouldn't necessarily be able to go and just get a takeaway. Not in Northern Ireland anyway. So, you know, I've maybe tried it once or twice or had elements from it. But it's it's a real deep dive into making one full meal with all of its constituent parts. You know, there's a there's a starter, there's a main, there's a dessert, there's sometimes a little aperitif or a little side thing as well. It's brilliant. And you just get this little box, it fits through the post box, and it has all the weird and wonderful spices, all pre-measured, pre-mixed, and you just add whatever that, you know, the meat or the, you know, you need flour, things like that. You add that to it. So we've we got a six-month membership for Christmas. I think we've done four boxes and we have one sitting downstairs at the minute. I'm going to see if I can get a, a, a recipe now and tell you what the most recent one is for mm. the website. Because you can pick cool. if you yeah if you want to do fish or something, you can pick. I don't eat fish, so it'll let you um, choose fish. God's sake, man. What are we going to do with you? Letterbox friendly packaging, fresh spices, different recipes. Um, right, so they've got the World Kitchen Explorer. Friday night curry, date night, Indian restaurant, meat-free magic, spicery highlights, uh, food truck subscription, and easy kit subscription. So if I go into the food uh, food truck subscription, let me see what this month is. Does it give me a list? Mm. It doesn't. Fabulous. Yeah, uh, yeah Korean tacos with kimchi uh, and fried rice. Um, what else is there? Yeah, all different, weird and wonderful stuff. Really, really good. Really, really different. Excellent gift. Thank you, Judith and Ken. Um, it's it's a really nice date night activity on a Sunday. We would sit down and make this and it maybe takes an hour, an hour and a half to do all the cooking and the prep work. And you need to really get into your mise en place and that's that's really precision because you don't want to mess it up. Um, it's brilliant. And that's that's one of the things we've really enjoyed. So we have a kit sitting downstairs we're going to do next week. And we have another one coming, two more coming, I think, in the post next month and the month after. And it's a nice little extravagant meal. It's like a night out, but you've got to work for it. Yeah, oh, fantastic. That sounds really good. I would enjoy that. Exactly. Um, I cook a little bit like you, but a little bit like that. So I do the mise en place. Um, oh, I love I'm, a bit of mise en place, but it's all 
uh, made up mise en place. Yeah. Okay. Then we cook the same. That's exactly how I do. It. I decide what's <laughs> going there, and I'll I'll have everything chopped and ready to go. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then make huge, massive change decisions, pivots during the actual <laughs> cooking. Uh, from, yep. from the, whole, the whole tasting regime. Nope, this is definitely not going to be a curry. It's going to be a sweet and sour. Whoosh, boom, boom, boom. And uh, there we go. <laughs> Meg hates it because I'm using plastic. She's like, we didn't own this many bowls before you started. How did you manage to dirty this many plates, bowls and cups? We don't own this. What? Um, so she's consistently frustrated because when we do the rule, if you cook, you don't clean up. Yeah. Uh, and so when she is very compassionate and caring and will you know do a little bit of cleaning up as she's going along and there's very little for me to do in the end whereas i'm like megan this is part of the creative process please leave me to my my uh, my masterwork uh, and the, the the kitchen will be coming down with pots plans and plates <laughs> i mean margaret has come out to me uh not not recently because she can't but in the past and said we had a steak and a salad how have you used four pots, three pans, <laughs> 12 plates for a steak and a salad? But, um, uh, currently, I am reaping what I sow. So, uh, yeah, because you're all, cleaning it up now. <laughs> exactly. All the mess that I make, uh, I have to clean up. And, and yeah, suddenly you use so much less. <laughs> well, uh, like anything, you start getting really, really competent as you practice. Um, and yeah, I mean, part of the challenge I have is is getting food that, that Margaret can eat comfortably, mm. effectively while lying. She can't even sit for any length of time. So um, lunches, we've, we've, we're now in a sort of, we're in a wrap routine. I do some, some wraps, yeah, uh, by which I mean sort of <laughs> flatbreads. Um, yeah, that sounds good. Some, some wholemeal ones and just coming up with different fillings because I can wrap those up quite tight uh, and she can eat them like a little, a little roll type thing. Yeah, it's like a nice handheld container. <laughs> yeah, um, because, you know, I, I, to start with, I would present her with this you know, leafy, wonderful salad, and she would look at me and go, I can't have the plate and a fork and a knife. Ah, right. So it needs to be cut up into small pieces. Okay. And then, you, know, you learn as you go along. But, uh, yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. She's, we're, we're both eating well. I think, like, everybody this sort of cooking food from scratch all the time is a great discipline. And you go, yeah. Wow. It's amazing how much better of feel not eating sort of, well, want of a better word, crap that <laughs> constitutes <laughs> quite a lot of the food that we, we eat when we're being lazy. Convenience versus sort of mm. care and attention. Just and, talking uh, about carbs earlier. Mm. Have you ever heard of a spiralizer? Yes, yeah, yes, yes. Courgette yeah. and all that jazz, yeah. Yeah, courgette. Because we, we would have courgette every now and again. It's it's not, not quite a staple, but we've had it you know, several times this year already. Uh, Megan makes a mean chorizo courgette, if you're ever interested. Oh, um, right. Yeah, no, that would, be, but that that's, would definitely but be up my... It's good because it gives you the element of pasta without the, the pasta. You're just eating more vegetables. Yeah, no, we use, uh, or I, I do a lot of cauliflower rice. So um, Ugh, Can't stand cauliflower. <laughs> this would be a problem for you then. Um, Broccoli's but, sad cousin. Uh, well, no, I don't know about that. But um, for uh, if you're having a curry or anything like that, you just essentially take raw uh, cauliflower and you you be blitz it, and then <laughs> you know maybe just give it a quick steam or just put a bit of heat into it in the microwave, uh, mm-hmm. and it comes as a sort of passable substitute. I mean, it's not the same, obviously, but. Um, 
<laughs> you get used to it. Yeah. Uh, and you can use it as a topping. So I might use it as a topping if I'm making a, a low-carb shepherd's pie or something like that. How disappointing uh, if someone thinks it's like a nice parmesan over the top of something and you just put <laughs> shredded cauliflower. Well, I have to say that wherever I am using shredded cauliflower, you will probably find a bit of shredded parmesan in there as well. Um, <laughs> okay, just, fair enough. You know, <laughs> Swings and roundabouts. A, lo- a lot of good cooking is subterfuge, I think. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, as I say, for us at the moment, it's just got really, really simple. It's, it's got really light. <laughs> um, it's just like, oh, uh, water, water. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that will change. You know, we'll acclimatize. We'll get we'll into summer mode. and uh, Barbecue? Say, yeah, well, for us, I think, uh, is it tomorrow, we can, in theory, go to, to restaurants again. Again, Margaret can't, but... Um, the, uh, the the reality is we can go and have barbecue and that's what you know separate taverna will be doing quite a lot of barbecued food and yeah uh, i suppose that's the benefit wondered, of being outside yeah and if you've ever wondered why separate eat late it's because <laughs> it's so hot um so because you got to wait for the midday sun to cook the food for you <laughs> well you know it wouldn't be unusual to see separates going out for dinner at 10 11 o'clock at night <laughs> um <laughs> so all the restaurants sort of local to me um, they effectively have two sittings because you've got all the expats who are mostly retired. Uh, and I don't know, you, you will discover this, TJ, but whatever time you now eat dinner will gradually creep towards the afternoon as you get older. So, <laughs> four o'clock, four o'clock. <laughs> well, you know, all the expats I know um, will be chatting. Oh, should we go for dinner? Yeah, let's go for dinner. All right. And then somebody will say, what's time? What time? And I will say eight o'clock at just the same time as the expats will say six o'clock. It's <laughs> a British expat. They want to eat by six, be home by half seven. Boom. Done. Um, and the restaurants love that because they, they serve all the, the expats and, you know, get them fed and get some, some beer and some wine into them. And then off they go. And then they get a little bit of a break and then the Cypriots come out. <laughs> so it's, it's sort of, you know, two sittings in one night. Right, the last one on your list has to be mentioned, guys, clearly. <laughs> well, I, I also have vegan bean chilli. I made a vegan bean chilli wrap uh, the other day. That was very nice. Um, and then ruined it with cheese that wasn't vegan, but that we'll not talk about it. Um, it wasn't explicitly a vegan chilli. I wasn't aiming for vegan. It just happened to be. Um, I am not vegan. I'm not vegetarian, so I put cheese on it because cheese is great. Um, but yeah, that that's one of them. And then the last one, you know, we don't always have the the sort of common food sometimes we push it out and we get fancy you know we get something a little mm-hmm. bit you know a little bit bougie a little bit fancy you know some some french cuisine you know le nugget de poulet you know a little bit of uh <laughs> yeah chick, chicken nuggets you can't you can't beat a chicken nugget i have some in the freezer that we got um just just cheapo frozen ones and they're not bad um but i have been known to make uh coconut encrusted chicken nuggets from scratch before and they're pretty good as well chicken nuggets yeah le nugget du poulet <laughs> every time i looked it up that. that's that's actually you, you put me you put me in mind of my basque friend who i think we've touched <laughs> on before is belligerence personified um <laughs> swears a lot of fix uh would be his name in asterix and he would just look at you and go what's this he wouldn't. He would. He would actually say, "What's this mailed?" For the sake of uh, uh, argument. 
<laughs> and you would say, it's a nougat de poulet. And I swear to you, he would fix you in the eye. And he would say, you do this in France, you die. <laughs> my, one of my friend's moms tried to order Les Repas Jolies in McDonald's once. I think I've told <laughs> nice this Nice thinking. Before. You can't argue the thinking. <laughs> and the mom was like, in perfect English, happy meal. It is it is a registered trademark. <laughs> it's le happy meal. I think you'd find. <laughs> no, 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 no. Le repas joli. <laughs> uh, we we should do an episode on that because I remember that it was something. It, I I was very very touched when I first discovered McDonald's global outreach program. So uh, we won't do it now because we're we're running close to time, but. McDonald's does make adaptations for the market that it goes into. And some of those, are, are, they're so telling about the culture um, <laughs> and the perception of the culture that, um, for example, I, again, we'll just go back to, to my French friend, Laurent. Salut, Laurent. I said to him, I said, don't you find it strange that in McDonald's you can get alcohol? in France. He said, no, you, you can't get alcohol. I said, look, it's there. Beer. Oh, it's a beer. That's not alcohol. <laughs> and I just loved that about France. <laughs> said, it's fine. Ah, it's a beer, you know. Two percent, three percent? No. That's not alcohol. <laughs> um, but yeah, we must touch on that because some of the things that you find in foreign McDonald's I just think they're wonderful. Uh, absolutely incredible. <laughs> it's a harbinger for the rest of your travels. Yeah. Uh -huh. Anyway, I've been Stu Lennon. And I've been TJ Cosgrove. Remember to make the past, the present, in the future. This was a very culinary episode of 1857.